Yes. Welcome to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy, a production of FlagandBanner.com. Through storytelling and conversational interviews, this weekly radio show and podcast offers listeners an insider's view into starting and running a business, the ups and downs of risk-taking, and the commonalities of successful people. Connect with Carrie through her candid, often funny, and always informative weekly blog. There you'll read, learn, and may comment about her life as a 21st century wife, mother, daughter, and entrepreneur. And now it's time for Carrie McCoy to get all up in your business. Thank you, Sun Gray. My guest today, the legendary musician and Hall of Famer, Mr. Bo Renfro, is an innately creative entrepreneur who I'm happy to say brought along with him his tool of the trade, his guitar. Bo, like many country singers, learned the art of music in church. Since retiring from the road, he drives a bus for his local school and church. Bo can check all the aforementioned boxes, creativity, spirituality, and the heart of a teacher. The legendary Rockabilly Hall of Famer, Mr. Bo Renfro. I just like to say that. <laughs> legendary Rockabilly Hall of Famer, Mr. Bo Renfro. It just rolls off your tongue. <laughs> Bo's music career began like a lot of country singers in a church. He was in Forest City, Arkansas, singing good old gospel songs right along his mother and nine sisters. Yes, nine sisters. Later, as a young man living in East Texas, Bo began to capitalize on his youthful talents. He landed a job as the morning DJ of country radio station KROZ. In the evenings, he expanded on his learned talents by forming and playing gigs with his five-piece band, Bo and the Bandits, and became the house band at the famous Sawmill Club that I'm shocked at how many people it sits, seats, 1,500 guests. As with all successful entrepreneurs, his hard work ethics and reputation grew, which led to jobs as backup guitarist and singer for touring stars like Mel Tillis, Charlie Rich, Waylon Jennings, and Ernest Tubb. And that's just a few. The list is very, very long. On one of these nights, he was offered a job on the road with David Houston's band, and the rest is history. In 1976, Bo produced his first album, and his song, There's No More Gold, was the pick hit of the week for Billboard magazine. And in 1981, another of his songs, Let's Fall in Love for the Weekend, received the same accolades. Notably, Joe Stampley would take the song Red Wine, that Bo wrote for Epic Records to number five on the charts. After years of traveling on the road, Bo and his wife, Brenda, decided to settle down in Tucson, Arizona. Bo took a job selling cars. Yep. <laughs> and fate would have none of that. It was at this time the popular Clear Country Band was formed and became Bo's longest running gig. Today, Bo has retired from the road again to Heber Springs, Arkansas, where he's formed yet another band, The Open Range, though these days he's not ranging very far. <laughs> it is a pleasure to welcome to the table singer, songwriter, and all-around music man, Mr. Bo Renfro. Thank you very much. It didn't sound like me when you were telling me. When it's you were talking, you. Listen, I guess so. I, you know. <laughs> that's only a tip of what I found online. If anybody wants to really go and read about this guy, I didn't even talk about, you had a couple of number one records. Yeah, you know, they sent a lot of them overseas. I was the uh, entertainer of the year in Europe. Uh, when was that? Uh, 98, I think. 
Uh, and they did a lot of songs over there. They don't care what you look like, how old you are, what your name is. If you can sing a song, they'll they'll listen. And it's very weird. We're over here, you know. You got to be such and such or that total package. Kind of, total package. Good looking, and I, I missed that one a long way. You did so. Not. <laughs> Your voice is unbelievable. The people on the radio are like, yeah, he sounds like he's <laughs> in a echo chambers. It's so deep and lovely. Um, we you. had a happenstance meeting, and I'm thrilled that you brought your guitar today because we're going to have you play a few songs. I've been fanning on you all week. Um, <laughs> you're spiritual. You're musical. Yes. You're an opportunist. You're hardworking. You're humble and a family man. I just don't know which things we're going to talk about, but... Let's let our listeners get to know you by starting at the beginning. I was born not in okay. a hospital in in, uh, in Forest City, Arkansas, on Hill Street in Forest City, Arkansas, upstairs mm-hmm. to one of our one of my 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 dad's dearest friends' home, and uh, she was Sister Larley was her name, and uh, she was a member of our church, and uh, she kind of adopted me. You know, she uh, she thought that. Uh, I, I was better than sliced bread. I mean, you know, she something else. And uh, but that's where I was born, down in Forest City, Jackson, Tennessee, is where the Rockabilly Hall of Fame is. And so when I was inducted into the Rockabilly Hall of Fame, they put that on a born in Jacksonville, but I, I wasn't. So once again, you cannot re- re- believe everything you read on the internet. Well, I was a little confused by it all. I was like, that's why we started the show off with it. I'm glad you said it straight. So you never really lived in Jackson. No, I, I never but did. But that's where the Rockabilly Hall of Fame is. Right, yeah. And, uh, you know, it's like Conway Twitty is, is from Helena, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Actually, so many people say he's from Oklahoma City. Every other, other place you can think of because it's different things that come up. Mm-hmm. Uh, on it that that's that's that way mm-hmm. so your mother was a singer yes you had nine sisters yes uh your father was a preacher yes tell us how singing in the church affected your life uh it you know my mom used to rock me quite a bit she used big old rocks you know big no <laughs> no <laughs> no it did it, singing in the, singing in the church really brought a stability of music to me my mom we had to learn harmony we had to learn uh, the beat we had to do everything, but we couldn't do any rock and roll. It was all gospel at the time. Mm-hmm. My nine sisters, which I used to have to wear their hand me downs, <laughs> I hope not. Sliding into second base and pulling up your skirt. I don't. No. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> but no. Sounds but, like you, Jack. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> no, this. Uh, <laughs> That is uh, uh, actually a, a good way to learn. A lot of lot of artists start off in church. I did too. A lot of them did. Whitney Houston did. Uh-huh. Yeah. What a voice. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Do all your sisters sing still? All of them, but one. Uh, one of them is uh, as a bluegrass gospel uh, band that she does. Naoma is her name. They. Uh, but she doesn't sing. Yes, she sings. Oh. Very good, as a matter of fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I had a little sister that sang real... She's probably the best singer of the bunch. Martha? Martha. How did you know that? I've been reading... I've been fanning on you oh, all week yeah. long. She is... Uh, she's a great singer. I, I I wish she would do things that get out and sing, but she don't. But mm-hmm. she's one of the better singers in the, in the family, I think. You've been married a long time, which is extremely unusual for a musician. Right. What's your secret? 
Uh, there's only one way. And I can tell you, and anybody listening is thinking about getting married, I hope they listen to this. Because my dad told me that you're married forever, no matter what. And no matter what is a great big thing. And there's a lot of no matter what's that come up during 48 years. And it has came up, you know. But I love my little wife, Brenda, little red-headed fireball that I married 48 years ago. It really and truly, it's probably harder on her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, she's, uh, she tells me that, you know, she, she doesn't go to any of my shows anymore. She used to. Mm-hmm. But, uh, now, it's something that I, she probably don't want me to talk about. But I'm going to do it anyway, and I can play some music when I get home. <laughs> okay. okay. Uh, Sounds like your M.O. anyway. Yeah, five years ago. Five years ago, she was diagnosed with uh, third-stage lung cancer. And so we decided at that time that we were going to retire. I was going to retire from the road. She wanted to come back to Arkansas. She was uh, born in uh, Gurdon, Arkansas. And if you hadn't been there, well, you need to save up. <laughs> it's, it's, uh, uh, but anyway, that's where she was born at. She didn't want to go back there. I didn't want to go back to Fort City because... Uh, all of my relatives had moved anyway, so I had one sister that lived in Heber Springs, Arkansas, and so that's where I went. But and that's where she went with you? Yes. I was going to ask you how you ended up in um, Heber Springs, and yep. it was kind of a health scare. made you decide to slow it down. Yeah, yes, it did. And uh, But, I, you know, I'm, I'm a, I, I have a lot of faith in, in uh, my Lord, and that's, that's what we depended on for a long time. So. I read a quote somewhere where you said, God sends you, let me see, you said, God has a way of putting you where you need to be. That's, that's right. A, that's a direct quote from you. That's right. He and, does. And, and that uh, sure does give you some peace, doesn't it? Oh, yeah. You're listening to Up In Your Business with me, Carrie McCoy. I'm speaking today with singer-songwriter and rockabilly hall of famer, Mr. Bo Renfro, who's tuning his guitar over there. And before I have him play a song, I want to tell you a little bit about his music life. Now, after he left Arkansas, he went to Texas, and to East Texas, and landed a job as a country radio station at KROZ. Why was that a good thing? Well, that's, uh, I went to school at uh, Memphis State to be a disc jockey, and they had an opening at KROZ. That's Tyler. how you ended up there. <laughs> so I said, you know, what time's the bus leave, you know? So, <laughs> so that's what I did. So when you got there, I think this may have been your first band. You formed Bo yeah. and the Bandits? Bo and the Bandits, yeah. And was that in East Texas? That was in, East, in Tyler, Texas. Tyler, Texas. Oh, that's where his wife's from, Tyler, Texas. Rose capital of the world. Is that right? That's right. Okay, so you yeah. formed Bo and the Bandits. Yeah. Um, Talk about that a little bit and how that was a springboard to other things for other musicians who are out there thinking about you know, it. You know, I was... I was I, I was mostly just trying to play clubs and stuff. You know, we we were working at the Tropicana Club at the time, and I was a four-piece band at the time. And uh, so, after about a year at the Tropicana, uh, this man walks into the Tropicana and says, "How'd you like to come to Austin?" And uh, and I said, well, "What for?" I hadn't lost anything in Austin. He says, "Well." <laughs> You might be, you might be able to uh, find some. Yeah, you might be able to open some shows for Willie Nelson. His name was Buster Doss. I got to know him as Colonel Buster Doss later on, and he was uh, Willie Nelson's road manager at the time. And so we went to 
Austin and, and played there, a little springboard for them. And we, we went from making $25 a night at the Tropicana to $2,500 a night working for Willie. <laughs> so. That's a good gig. I thought you worked at the uh, sawmill. I did. I m- later moved to there, and then we were the house band at the, at the sawmill. And uh, only went out with, with Willie every now and again, you know. Oh, I see. For, for a while. But our steady gig was at the Sawmill Club. You moved around so much that I was telling you before we came on the radio that I wanted to almost try and outline your life. I could yeah. not keep up with it. It was like, there he's in Tennessee <laughs> recording songs. There he's in Arizona recording songs. There he's yeah. in Texas recording songs. Now you're in Austin with Willie Nelson. But right. you still got the bandits, right? No, I don't have the bandits anymore. I had the bandits at that time, but... Uh, you know, when we went to Austin, mm-hmm. and then so we, come we back. came back, and then I moved from from uh, Tyler, Texas, to uh, uh, Tucson, Arizona. But while you were in Tyler, Texas, you had a you 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 had a number one album, didn't you? Yeah, well, you had uh, we recorded back then with uh, on Alarm Records. That was uh, a blues album, a blues record label out of. Uh, Shreveport, Louisiana, and they wanted to add a country act, so they added two country uh, guitar uh, singers, you know, that they wanted, and they added uh, Mickey Gilly and me. Mickey became a big star, and I moved off to Tucson, Arizona. (laughs) Why is that? Why is that? Uh, I don't know. Uh, You know, things happen in, in the music business. It's just strange. But it is like uh, you read a minute ago uh, that that line where God places you where you want to be or where He wants you, and you, you know, and that's it's always the best place, you know. So, are you going to sing a song now for us from the Bandits, or are you going to? Yeah, sing? I'll do one from the Bandits. You're this gonna... is the one we uh, we did back back then. And I, the reason I was tuning this guitar is because. It's hot in here, and it's probably getting out of tune. Yeah, it is, but that's not the biggest part of it. I was, uh, I did what most musicians never do. What? I put strings on this guitar last night. <laughs> Brand new strings. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. What's the name of this song? What a Night. What a Night. Walking down a rainy street, I thought love had left me. Nothing to do and nothing to see and no place to go. Well, we never did think when I ordered that drink that I'd see her. Ain't no love light that shines so long ago. Oh, what a night to feel your loving arms wrapped around me. Oh, what a night A love was everything it should be Yeah, yeah, what a night To wake up this morning and find the Sweet memories become a realities in the midnight mm, Satin and lace love all over her face That's how I found her and we both knew what we were gonna do a little bit later mm, we knew in our minds that this was the time for some loving 
Hey, we didn't miss a ship and we took a love trip together. Yeah, yeah, what a night to feel your loving arms wrapped around me. Oh, what a night. A lover's everything it should have been. Yeah, yeah, what a night to wake up this morning and find. Sweet memories become realities in the nighttime. Yes, Lord, sweet memories become realities in the nighttime. become the reality i've had that before i love that who wrote the words that uh we had uh the music and the and the words and and they did what they call a demo on this on that song and uh, they were going to send it off to somebody and i didn't know who so i did the demo played the music tom jones did the song no yeah. kidding. I can see <laughs> yeah. him singing that song. Yeah, he just he killed it. He he just absolutely killed you it. You so. killed it. My <laughs> God, I wish everybody could see you in the reality in person. You're just there's just a pro's a pro, y'all. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's so Tom you. Jones. Yep, it is. Yeah. That's Tom. Mm-hmm. Made the girls want to go wild. Made me go wild. <laughs> All right, I don't know where I am. I gotta fan myself. All right. Uh you played the Grand Old Opry. Yes. How'd that come about? That so, uh, came about with David Houston. David Houston is from Shreveport, Louisiana, and uh, um, was a very good guy. His biggest hit record was Almost Persuaded, that uh, last night, all alone in a bar room, you know, it was a big hit for him back in the 60s. And uh, I got to play with his band some. He went to uh, play at the Grand Ole Opry, which he did many times, and we'd go, and we would set up on the stage, and we'd play our guitars, and he would sing, and the ladies would love him, and <laughs> and uh, we went to went went there, and I went there with him, and he says, "Bo, would you like to sing?" And I said, "Man, I'd love to sing." And he says, "Well, I'm going to give up one of my songs, and you sing." And uh, I was so nervous. That's the mother church of country music, yeah, right it there. Is. And uh, I was so nervous, and I. I left and and went on to to looking at the uh, at the crowd out there and it was thousands of people and I was really nervous. My legs were shaking, my hands were shaking. You're like, how, I, am, how am I going to do this? I, but I got every word right and, I, and to this day, I cannot tell you what song I sang. I forgot. Wow, you blacked out. I did, I did. And That's nervous. I know. Yeah, uh, David's. He's uh, he's already gone on now, but but uh, <laughs> when I walked off the stage, he shook my hand and he says, "You can stop shaking now." <laughs> <laughs> you better watch out what you asked for. Yeah. You wanted to play there and you got it, and now you're a nervous wreck. So you, did you ever do it again? No, never did, never did. You know, we we done a lot of other big things, but not not the Grand Ole Opry, and and I don't know if I want to anymore, but you know, I used to. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, your first album was very successful. What was the name of your band for that album, or was it just you as a solo? Just me as a solo. The band that uh, that uh, put that band together was actually the Grand Ole Opry Band. Oh. Yeah. Uh, 
the president of the Musicians Union in Nashville, uh, Jimmy Capps. He's more well-known now. Uh, to, he performs on Larry's Country Diner, and he is called the Sheriff. <laughs> but he was uh, the president of the union and his band. You wrote Red Wine for Epic Records that Joe Stampley recorded and became a number five hit single. Uh, I like uh, his brother, Harold, mm-hmm. um, and Joe. They... Uh, they were together. By the time, I, by the time that song was recorded, it was what nine writers on it. You know. Oh, you're kidding! Yeah, that's what they do. They, it is. Yeah, they, they. You know, you want you want this. You got to give this, and that happens. So you've done a lot. You've been a DJ supporting your fellow musicians and craft. You've managed and right. performed with your own man. You've written songs for record labels. You've toured and performed toured and performed with other lead bands. Which arm of the industry is your favorite? Uh. Well, you know what? It it comes in cycles, and because now my favorite thing to do is just play and sing. I, you know, we we have a little bitty place in in Heber Springs, Arkansas, on Friday night. I'm gonna come up there. It's free to anybody that wants to come. It's all volunteers. What's the name of it? It's uh, you can't I gotta remember. get this right. No, I gotta get it right. I, I mess it up every time I try to say it. It's Sugarloaf Folklore. Dance Center, Sugarloaf Fork Folklore. Folk, well, no wonder you mess it up. Folklore yeah. Dance Center. How many right. people does it hold? Uh, about two hundred. But you know, it's not all that. Too, it's an intimate, it's a little bitty mm-hmm. place. But I like it. you know, we go on stage. It's seven o'clock, and we play until about nine thirty. Those are my kind of hours. Yeah, I love it. That's the kind of thing I, I do, and I'll do that on Friday night. The second Friday night and the fourth Friday night of the month. Second and fourth Friday night. Right. I think we need to put that on our website and let everybody know when they can hook up with you. Go with you. If you were a young person going to break into this music industry, what advice would you give them? I, you know, I I think I would start the different than what I did. I think I would start with the same and use the same people all the way through. Because you jumped around? I jumped around, and it was hard. It was hard on me. You know, you go to Nashville with a uh, a wore-out old guitar, a bag of songs that I thought everybody should be singing, and and they didn't. Heartbroken, you know. I go back to Texas, and and then a few of them gets done, and then I think that I'm the biggest thing since sliced bread, and and I'm not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're pretty humble, out. actually. Well, uh, you know what? I, I, For I, all your talents, you're pretty I've, humble. I've learned that, that that's not what it takes in the music business. It takes the same identical thing all the way through. And if you'll stay with the, with, if you'll dance with who brung you, like uh, the <laughs> like Texas coach said, yeah. <laughs> said, you know, then that's what you do. You, you dance with the one that, that brought you to that thing. You know, and stay with them, and stay with it, because persistence will pay off. Right, persistence and patience. Oh, so many times I, I walked down the uh, what they used to call Sixteenth Avenue South in Nashville, and go into a, a music place with a publishing company, and uh, you know I got some songs I'd like to for you to listen to. Sure, you know, and they'd turn the, the tape on, they'd hit about two notes of the song, and then they'd go on to the next one, um, and then they'd do that time and time and time and that'd time break and time your heart. again. So yeah, it's 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 bad on a musician to do that. Yeah, find your niche, stay with it, 
and listen to life where it leads you, I guess. All right. I want to let you know if you miss any part of today's show or want to hear it again or share it, there's a way. And Sun Gray will tell you how. Listen to all UIYB past and present interviews by going to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy's YouTube channel, the Arkansas Democrat Gazette's digital newspaper, flagandbanner.com's website, or subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen by searching Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. And if you would like to receive timely notifications of upcoming guests, go to flagandbanner.com, click radio show, and join the email list. Before the break, we talked about your life in Tennessee, your life in Texas, your life as a songwriter, your life as a singer. You're jumping around from place to place. But you and your wife, Brenda, God love her, she decides to go with you and you are going to settle down and you're going to move to Arizona. And you did. And you tried to sell cars. Ha! That didn't go very good, did it? No. You know, really, uh, I I love people. So I Well, that was good. You know, I thought that would be a great thing, you know. Uh-huh. But I couldn't stay away from music, so. Yeah. And I lost a lot of jobs just because I had to go play at another, another So you kept place. playing music out there. You just weren't going to be on the road anymore. Yeah, right. So now you started Clear Country Band right. out there, kind of from some urging people, like you've got to get back in the band business. Right. And uh, you were with that band for how long? Uh, let's see. We were together 17 years. Yeah, that was your longest. Yep. That was your long, and they thing. they had a great run, didn't they? Didn't they have some success? Oh yeah, we were the uh, number one country dance band in uh, in the Southwest. You did know? you travel the road a lot? Yes, we did. I, I still think about those days. They were they the great great days. My manager there, Jerry McCreary, he's uh, in in Globe, Arizona, and uh, yeah, we went all over. We played. Uh, we played a lot of things seven, eight, nine times, you know, just all the time. We'd we'd play different things. Uh, the Fourth uh, of July celebration with where they uh, let off fireworks, a uh, hundred and forty thousand dollars worth of fireworks in uh, Sierra, Arizona, and uh, we'd go there to play, and we played there eight times. You're still playing in Arizona, one gig a year, aren't you? Yeah, we do. Uh, that's a so kind of like a homecoming. We uh-huh. they get us all together, all the all the people that ever played. Where do in the you band. where can you find out that those dates? Uh, at dot com. Okay, you had no. all your kids in Arizona. Yes. Yeah. All right. Now you're going to play a song. Is this from the Clear Country Band group? Yeah. Or what's this, this from? is this was a song that we did and uh, and uh, you know what I, I'm what I want to go ahead and uh, I'm going to do. Uh, God's Amazing Grace. Oh, listen, people. This song, you've heard him sing before. You may not know it's been him, but it's beautiful. This is a song that I wrote in 2001. I, like a lot of other people, were sitting watching the uh, television when uh, some people across the way decided that they were going to fly a couple of planes into the Twin Towers. Mm. And I decided that a lot of people were writing the poems and stuff like that. And so I started to write a poem. And in the middle of this, I found out that it wasn't a poem. It was a song. And so I left uh, right after I wrote the song. Me and my manager, Jerry McCrary, flew to Nashville. We grabbed the Grand Ole Opry Band. And we decided to put this down on, on, and I hope I can do it justice with this guitar.
shakes his fist at it all. A teacher in Ohio hugs a child as she cries. There's a fighter down in Vegas with tears in his eyes. A policeman in Seattle hugs a candle every night. A reporter. every emotion in that song I want to read something that someone wrote about you that I read to you before we went on the air and you said I've never heard that before but this was <laughs> said, this was written about you Bo can belt out a country song with enough power to blow the mud flaps off a semi <laughs> then turn around and strum an acoustic love song that'll bring a lump to your throat his songs make you want to drink dance and have a good time but there's a heart and soul in his music that lets you know he's the real deal if that wasn't the truth just then i don't know what is <laughs> thank I wanna, you. you thank you i want to tell everybody that you are listening to up in your business with me carrie mccoy and i'm speaking today with the singer songwriter and rockabilly hall of famer mr Bo renfro um you're back in heber springs you yes. had a pbs documentary written about you right tell us about that shows uh, uh lee and alicia uh cody uh, from, the producer from, they, from Arkansas. They're from Arkansas, and uh, and I think they're living in Louisiana now. I talked to him the other day, and I, 
think they've already moved to Louisiana, the bigger bigger market that they needed for uh, oh, for really? the for the movie. And now they're splitting that documentary up into uh, uh, fifteen, ten, and five minute versions of that. It's called uh, Legacy. You know, and is it, it just about you, or is it about rockabilly music in well, general? Well, it's this the 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 one that they just filmed was about me, but uh, they have other things. Bill Dance, the Fisherman. Mm-hmm. You know, um, James Burton, Elvis Presley's guitar player. Is he from Arkansas? Uh, no, he is from he is from Tennessee, but his roots are in Arkansas with his wife and everything that, and uh, his his wife manages his his stuff and. Uh, uh, then he had he had other people that that he's done this with. This storyline that they're that they're doing is like, what is uh, what do you want to leave as a legacy? Mm-hmm. You know, what uh, do you want to leave as a legacy? Well, that's a good question. I think I want to leave a world's greatest dad. What? World's greatest grandpa. I can relate. Best friend. You know, I don't know if any of this. You know, the songs that uh, God's Amazing Grace has been recorded seven times by different people on albums and things like that. You get money for that every time? Yeah. they they, uh, Royalties, I guess. Yeah. uh, They do, but uh, the old Diamonds group from years ago, they did that song. The lead singer is my good friend from Arizona, Ron Newman. And uh, there's... uh, other people have have done this song that that uh so that could be a legacy that oh, yeah. song that yeah. song sounds like a legacy song to me thank you thank you very much how I, many how your your new band yeah open range oh yeah let me shout out to uh to uh, larry nobles larry nobles is my guitar player and who i'm very proud of he listens to this station all the time Heck, it's one of his favorite stations too. he's does. a great guitar player you know my uh Bass guitar player. We have a four-piece band now. We can't afford five. So, <laughs> uh, Tommy Rice is my bass guitar player, and Randy Johnson is the best-looking drummer in the world. Really? Well, so he says. You know, so, <laughs> nah, he, he'll laugh when he hears it. How old is he? How old is that good-looking uh, drummer? Randy's about forty-five. Yeah. He looks sixty-five, but. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't like that very much. So y'all play in Heber Spring, Arkansas yeah, on second and fourth, fourth Friday. Friday. Yeah, and then we play other places too. We do the Cotton Picking Festival in, in Caldwell, With your sister. Caldwell, Arkansas. Because your sister puts that on every yeah. week. <laughs> so are you going to sing us? Your this will be your last song. Uh, okay. Are you going to sing a song from the new uh, range from your new open range band, or you want to sing one of your songs that's hit number one? You've got some big ones. You've got. Um, he's looking through his music book while he you know, thinks the, uh, about what he wants to play. We uh, we we do this uh, we do this song that uh, you want me to do it now. Sure. Is that it? What song? Yeah, tell us about it. Yeah, uh, this is. Uh, is this the NASCAR song? No. I read about that one too. I got you a, a CD that I'm gonna give you too. Uh, is uh, that from the new Open Range? Yeah. And it's got the NASCAR song? It's got the NASCAR on it, but uh, I, I'm, I'm a lot like a lot of the other singers that has these new albums come out. What? I don't know the song. Well, <laughs> I sang in the studio, but I don't remember. Well, you've got them. your book right there. Yeah, well, it doesn't have it in here, but 
Uh, so you have to play one you can remember from well, when you this could is, remember this stuff. Well, this is one I'm going to get out of trouble with, see, because I was talking to about my wife a minute uh-huh. ago. You're going to sing her love song? So this is uh, uh, a song that we have. We have we're, we've got this already done, and we're going to put this on an album. This new album that's coming out is going to be called, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm so you're looking for the lyrics to your love song for your wife. Yeah. As we, as but you've we, got the tune in your head? Uh, yeah. But I, you can't find the lyrics. Yeah, well, what it is, it's, this is a song that, that we don't know who wrote this song, but we wrote part of it. Where'd because, you find it? Uh, I took a, uh, a lesson from uh, a guy that does a uh, piano thing. Uh-huh. You know, I'm trying to learn how to play oh, piano. You, oh, you're kidding me. Yeah, this is a... Uh, That's pretty hard to do, isn't it? Yeah, and I got another friend that's a fisherman. He's trying to teach, teach me how, you how to fish. fish. <laughs> I think you know how to fish. I saw where you're a hunter and a fisherman, and I think that's why you moved to Heber Springs, so you could hunt and fish all the time. Uh, <laughs> you teaching but, your new granddaughter to fish, I hope? Yeah. We went a long way for this uh, for this song, and, and, and we don't know who did it, but I rearranged some words in it, so you can probably probably tell the alarm clock put my sleeping lay there for a minute with a million cobwebs clinging to my brain stop this bell from ringing and the time it takes a heartbeat then I settle back close my eyes again I reached out for my baby For some early morning loving And a terrible truth came staggering through my head There was nothing but the fragrance Of a perfume on the pillow Baby wasn't there beside me in the bed Starting into trembling like a leaf How could that woman leave me? She was more than just a lover She was everything, lady, warm and sweet I can taste the salt in your drops Getting hard to swallow Glass of glass of brandy Takes the pain away But the appetite, empty, empty feeling, good for nothing way to start the day. It's the morning after, baby, let me down. It's a daybreak and the heartbreak that I found. All the silence to torment me. Soft hands to hold me gently It's a morning after, baby Let me down It's a morning after, baby Let me down That was fun to see you in action because nobody can see this, but you were learning that song as you went. Oh, <laughs> Weren't you? I had to read it over. Oh, this book. Yeah. I, I, uh, 
I, we don't, you, when you're recording in a recording studio uh-huh. and you have the words in front of you, you learn to depend on those words. And, and then if you mess up, then they go back and the engineer can tell you this. And then they punch a little button and you say, morning after baby lets me down. That wasn't quite right. Let's do it again. Punch the button. You do it again, you know, until you get it little right. Segment, little segments that you That's splice right. in there. That's right. They just splice that little segment. They in. need to do that with me more often. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no. Jay, let's have you say that again. <laughs> <laughs> they need to do that with me more often. <laughs> um, well, you know what? I want to say something about okay. you. Okay. Because I, I, I did. I, t- I brought a, a, a lot of school kids up to the flag and banner. You sure did. And that's where I met you mm-hmm. at. And uh, they thought you were wonderful. Aww. And they talked about you all the way home, the school kids uh, from Heber Springs. And they're a bunch of good kids. But they kept talking about you all the way home, you that's know. That's good. And Thank they said, you. Uh, I, you know, we saw you talking to her over there. I said, well, I'll talk to everybody, you know. Mm-hmm. They said, well, it's, you know, we, we want to come back next year. And I said, I, you know, when I'm here, I'm going to ask her, it'd be okay if y'all come back next year. How old were those kids? They were, those were in the seventh grade. Oh, they've that, got time to I come was, back. Yeah. I always wonder what age group can hear my story and relate to it, whether it's, you know, sometimes third graders come and I'm like, they can't really relate to my story. Carrie, I, I think anybody can do, anybody can relate to your story. Really? It's a good story. And I listened to you as you were, you were talking about it to the kids and seeing the look in your eye mm-hmm. when you're really the truth. Mm-hmm. And that's the truth that you were telling them. Mm-hmm. And if they'll, they'll follow that, they'll do good. Oh, thanks. I like to feel that I'm making a difference. Mm-hmm. That's kind of my motivation for this radio show is to kind of let everybody that it's not a straightened path. It can be a windy path, but right. you just got to keep going and going and going and going. Right. You know, I'm surprised at your song that you just sang last time. Thank you for sharing that. I'm yep. just surprised that your that your song that you just sang a minute ago was so high, and the <laughs> one you sang with Amazing Grace so started <laughs> off so low. You could have been Johnny Cash. <laughs> we do imitations of Johnny. I bet you do imitations of Johnny Cash. I do. Uh, I do. I do Johnny Cash, the old Hank Snow. I do Merle Haggard. Um, then I do Ernest Tubb. What's your favorite memory with your, with some famous artist that everybody's going to relate to? Uh, well. A story. Merle Haggard. What? Well, the favorite memories, he came to Nashville, they came to Nashville to do the Grand Ole Opry and he got sick. And so my friend Billy Deaton, who was Farron Young's manager, uh, came in and said, Merle, do you want us to call a minister so you can talk to him? Merle was real sick. So he says, yeah, do that, you know. And so they brought in this minister. And the minister that's, that talked to Merle always called people by their last name. He would call uh, Mr. Renfro or Mr. Mr. Haggard. Haggard. And uh, so he started to pray for Merle, you know. And he said, Lord... Mr. Haggard and Billy Deaton grabbed him by his arm and says, Lord knows him as Merle. (laughs) (laughs) Probably so. I thought you were going to say, his dad's not here. (laughs) That's good. All right. Thank you so much for coming. Tim, where's my my gift? Oh, it's in my bag, isn't it? In your bag. In my bag over there, will you? Thank you so much for asking me. I've had a ball, and I thank you so much. You're so welcome.
welcome. I just I could talk to you forever. Tim, I usually give everybody a gift that's a desk set, a flag, a small flag desk set. And when Tim was saying, what should we give Bo Renfro for, you know, the gift? I said, well, he's lived everywhere. Let's give him Tennessee. Well, I can't find your gift. I said, let's give him Tennessee, a desk set with Tennessee, Arkansas, uh, Texas. Where else did we say? Well, yeah, there's, there was too many. It was going to end up being like seven different flags on a, a little set. Oh, there it is. And Tim said, no, 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 no. I have the perfect thing. And he does. Look, at it's, it is a oh, breast. Man. It is a breast pin. Look at this. Yeah, it's a breast pin of a guitar flag. It's about three inches for our listeners. It's about three oh, inches. Yeah. And it's a guitar flag with the... It's a patriotic guitar flag. It's got uh, the stars and stripes on. This, this the, is exactly the, the replica pin. of my Telecaster guitar that I have, that no I play kidding. all the time. It's a God thing. It's exa- yeah, I it's know. It's a God it. thing. <laughs> that's, why I'm sp- that's why Thank I met you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. I'm thrilled to give that to you. I was like, oh, that's going to be so much fun. Uh, if you, ha- I want to tell our listeners that if they have a great entrepreneurial story that they would like to share, I would love to hear from them. Just send a brief bio to questions at upyourbusiness.org and finally thank you for everyone to spend time with me and Bo Renfro if you think this program has been for you you're right it's also been for me thank you for letting me fulfill my destiny my hope today is that you've heard or learned something that's been inspiring or enlightening and that it whatever it is will help you up your business your independence or your life I'm Carrie McCoy and I'll see you next time on up in your business until then Be brave and keep it up. Friends of Dreamland are proud to sponsor Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. Dreamland Ballroom, located on the third floor of the FlagAndBanner.com building in the historic Taborian Hall, is a nonprofit dedicated to bringing back the music, the history, and the party of the Dreamland Ballroom. Our annual fundraiser, Dancing Into Dreamland, will be a tournament of past champions to celebrate the 10th year. Mark Friday, November 15th at 7 p.m. on your calendar. The night will include a dance competition where audience members text their votes for their favorite acts, a silent auction, free hors d'oeuvres, cash bar, and your opportunity to experience the magic and imagine the music of the legends that played on the Dreamland stage, like Ella Fitzgerald, Ray Charles, Louis Armstrong, and many more. Tickets available at dreamlandballroom.org for the 10th annual Dancing into Dreamland. Be a part of the history of Dreamland. You've been listening to Up In Your Business with Carrie McCoy. For links to resources you heard discussed on today's show, go to flagandbanner.com, select radio show, and choose today's guest. All interviews are recorded and posted the following week. Subscribe to podcasts wherever you like to listen. Carrie's goal is simple, to help you live the American dream.